Um, we're going to start in Galatians in Galatians 3, a little bit 4, and then we're going to be in the book of John for a good bit this morning. If you're a note taker, today's like the day to take notes because um, there's going to be a, a, a lot, all right? So we're in this series. We've called it Red Christmas, and, um, and we're going to be, uh, we're looking at this. Here's the, here's the concept. We, my favorite Christmas song is A White Christmas. It's my favorite movie. I remember last week, four of you, we're gonna, you're going to come over to my house. We're going to watch it together because it's your favorite movie, too. Um, but in order for us to really think about the, the beauty of a white Christmas, you know, the s- snow, which we don't get here, and, and the winteriness of it all, theologically, we don't get a white Christmas unless there's been a red Christmas. And so what I want to do for this series, what we started doing is, instead of just focusing on mangers and shepherds and stars and, and, and those kinds of things, the to go a little bit deeper into the understanding of the, the theological underpinnings of what we talk about in Advent and Christmas. So what we did last week is, um, in this Advent series, I don't know if you noticed the candles that Allison came and, and uh, lit while we were doing our reading this morning, but these, these, each of these candles represent a week, a part of the season of faith and hope and love and and peace. And when we're in this series and looking at this, um, with these theological underpinnings, it's like, okay, God, what, what are you telling us? What do you want to teach us beyond what many of us already know, right? We kind of know a, Christ, a Christmas lingo. We talk about a Christian lingo. A lot of us know a Christmas lingo. Like we know peace and hope and love and joy, right? That's what, that's what our cards say and that's what our decorations tell us. But we're going to look a little bit deeper in this. So last week, what we looked at in Galatians 4, and we're actually going to start in Galatians 3, but I just want to remind you, um, in Galatians 4 last week, what we determined was that there is a right time. There's a right time. When you look at what God is doing, he set the time. He set the time. And we looked at, we examined in the message how we saw scripturally, politically, and culturally, it was the right time. God was doing so much. If you missed last week, I encourage you to go listen to it later. Um, this past week in our podcast that we do every week, I talked about how prophetically it was the right time. I purposely didn't mention the prophetic part last Sunday because with the prophetic are a lot of words and scriptures that we normally read around Christmas, and I was trying to kind of lean towards something else, but I wanted to address how prophetically it's the right time, okay? So we looked at the right time, so I guess here's the question is, is the right time for what? Or better yet, it was the right time for who, okay? It was the right time for the right person. So today we're going to look at it being the right person. This is what Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24 tell us. Okay, so the right time for the right person is our theme today. Here's what God's word says. Before the coming of this faith, so you see there's a time element there. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law. Okay, so we're all bound by the law, the Old Testament law, the God-given law. We were in custody under the law, locked up 
until the faith that was to come would be revealed. You see the time element there as well? The faith that was, is to come to be revealed. Verse 24, so the law was our guardian until, there's time, until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. There's that white Christmas element. Okay, we got to be justified. So you see this time, the, the law was humanity's guardian until the right person could set us free. We lived under that old law. So you see these words of time, until faith was to come. They're about the time, until what? Until Christ came. Now, flip over just a, you might not even need to flip over, uh, in chapter 4 of Galatians. I want to read to you the, the anchor verse for this series. It says, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. To do what? To redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So we might become children of God. So we would be heirs. We would be part of his kingdom. He would redeem us. So here's what I want us to think about today. This is part of our Advent season. I don't know if you noticed, but the communion table is present today. We're going to share communion together in a little while. At the right time, God sent just the right person, Jesus Christ. So I want us to now zoom in a little bit more on a few things about this right person. Because it was a person. He was a person. And so it's this. Here's the first thing I want us to note today. The right person was sent by God. And you might go, okay. I mean, we, I've heard that before. But notice the wording again in Galatians 4.4. 4. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Notice it doesn't say God created a son or that God made a son. You know, Monday through Friday, I send Mallory to school. I don't create Mallory to go to school, <laughs> right? Now, sometimes I might have to make her go to school, but that's a different, that's a different kind of making, right? Do you, do you see the, the, the implication here of the preexistence of Jesus? That he was already existing and God sent him? He was already in the presence of God and he was sent out from God? He was sent by God. It's a, it's a Greek word, and you might recognize, uh, I think you will recognize this word. It's the Greek word for sent is ex apostello. Ex apostello. Might, might have that up there. If not, it's just a big red screen. Okay? Um, ex apostello. It's that word, and it's the word where we get apostle from. We get the word apostle from that. And this is what ex apostello means. It means to send out. It means to commission. It means a, an ambassador on a mission. And so when it says that God sent Jesus, it's that ex apostello on a mission sent out. But he preexisted. He was with God. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. So Jesus is in the presence of the Father as the second person of the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and at just the right time, the fullness of time, he came forth from that presence on a mission to earth. So this is what the prophet Isaiah says. We 
We heard Justin, I mean, it's, it's not a scripture that I have in there, but I do have it on the screen. Here we go. This is, a, this is so Christmas language. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is what? Given. So already present with God, but now being given to us. Jesus confirms this. This is when we jump into the book of John. A couple of times where we see how Jesus speaks to this being sent out from the Father. In, in John chapter 17, in verse 5, um, he says, Father, l- listen to this language. Father, restore unto me the glory that I had with you before the world was. He was in, he, he, was, he is present. He was there from the very beginning. He spoke, he was part of this, the, the Holy Trinity, the three persons of God from the very beginning. And Jesus in the flesh prays, would you restore unto me the glory that I was a part of before? He was sent out from God's glory to this earth. In John chapter 8, verse 42, Jesus said, I have come here from God. He was actually speaking to people who were against him. That was often the case. I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me, ex apostello. I'm on a mission. Again, in John chapter 6, verse 38, we're working backwards in the book of John here. Jesus said, I have come down from heaven where he existed before. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me, ex apostello. So what's the point here? It's that the right person was sent by God. It was the one. There's a... um, the right person sent by God, he existed with God, he was sent out from God. There's an often used quote, uh, I've, I've read it several times through the years, um, about the right person. I tried to find who wrote it. I know Max Lucado has used it and some other authors have used it, but we can't find who actually wrote it. But here's what it says. I love this. Think about this, about being sent. Who was sent? It was not just the right time, but it's the right person. It says this, if our greatest need would have been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need would have been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need would have been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need would have been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. That's who he sent. God sent us a savior. The right person was sent by God at the right time. So the right person was sent by God. Now here's the next part of this. The right person was God. Not just sent by God, but was God. And this, this, is, a, this is a mystery. This is a divine mystery, friends. The right person was sent by God and the right person was God. We're, we're getting into the mystery of that word incarnation, of being in flesh, God becoming human, God in the flesh. Listen to what John chapter 1 says, verse 14. As John is setting the stage for the story of Jesus as he is recording this, 
And he says, the word, W, capital W, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Go down a couple more verses there in John chapter 1 and verse 18. It says, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So the Son makes the Father known. So here we have Jesus in the flesh. He never became God. He was God from the beginning. He was God. He was deity. So think about that. Pre-Bethlehem, pre-Manger, pre-Mary, pre-all of that, he was God before he was born in the flesh. And he was God after he became man in the flesh. So at the right time, God sent the right person. The right person was sent by God. The right person was God. This is the, the, the beauty, the, the, um, the challenge for us theologically when we think about Christmas when we think about Advent and the preparation for him who is to come he is God so let's let's think about this uh, I want to read Galatians 4 4 again um, but when the set time had fully come God sent his son born of a woman but born what under the law he was under the law so here's the third aspect of who is this right person. This right person was surrendered to God the Father. So he was God, he was sent by God, he was God, and he was surrendered to the Father while in the flesh, under the law. Take a moment to focus on that, emphasizing not just the deity of God, but the humanity of Jesus. So... You've heard this term before. He was not just 100% God, but he was 100% man. Jesus had to be God to have the power of salvation for us. But he had to be human to have the privilege of substitution to take our place. Had to be God to, in order to bring salvation had to be human in order to take our place, the penalty of our sin. Think of it like this. He had to be God to save us. He had to be human to take our place. In Hebrews chapter 2, there's a, I threw that one out there. I was, just said John and Galatians. But Hebrews 2, 17 says this. Okay, we're talking about the incarnation. It says, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people, God and human. So let's put this all together, okay? At just the right time and the fullness of the time, Culturally, spiritually, politically, prophetically, this happened. God sent just the right person who is God and who is man. Think of it like this. Larger than the universe, confined to a womb. 
In order for Jesus to be a savior, he had to be both God and man. So here we go. Jesus is the right person at the right time. Here's an Advent reflection I'd like you to consider um, on the meaning of Christmas, okay? Um, Casey even prayed it a little bit, which I loved when that happens. It's like we were, we were we, she wasn't like reading my message or anything. So I was like, yes, that's right. Let's embrace the, the ongoing impact of Christ's birth because it's, it's happening even now. We, the, in the world that we live in, the impact of the birth of Christ is happening. So what we do is, is we go, okay, let's, let's embrace his birth. Let's embrace his birth. Let's embrace the celebration of Advent that leads to Christmas. Let's embrace that, but not just that. Let's not just celebrate the birth, but let's also celebrate his life. Celebrate his life. Read the Gospels. Read how we see Jesus engaging with humanity. Right? Embrace his life. But don't just embrace his life. Embrace his death. Embrace his death. Embrace what he did and what he endured for us. But don't just embrace his death. Don't leave it there. Don't put a period there. No, no, no. Not just his death, but let's embrace his resurrection. Because that's when restoration began. Right? We want to embrace this. We want to embrace this. We have an opportunity this morning to view the table of communion um, through this lens of our Advent understanding of Jesus. That's what we have is this, okay, we can view, here's communion. Many of you are going, I've, done, I've taken communion before. I've, I've participated in communion. Great. And many of us, all of us are like, I know the Christmas thing. I know the Christmas lingo. Let's, let's merge those, friends, and understand that when we use language like the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, we're talking about a human being who is also fully God. We were under the law. It was a guardian for us. We were, we were being held by a law that was put in place to, to attempt to keep us on track with God. But we continually are off track. Jesus came not to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law, to be that sacrifice, to be the perfection that was necessary for us to be able to call on God and say, Father, only through Jesus. We can look at communion today through the lens of Advent, understanding Jesus at the right time was the right person. We remember the life. We remember the flesh and the blood of a living, living sacrifice. A human being living gave his life so that we might have life. This perfection was sacrificed, his body broken. And guess what? Scarlet, crimson, red blood poured out to pay for our sins, for our redemption. 
I'm going to ask those who are serving communion to go ahead and come and prepare themselves and the band's going to come out. Would you close your eyes and let's pray this together. God, we thank you for Jesus sent out from you fully God, fully human. Here's what I recognize, Lord, and I'll I'll speak it on behalf of your people. When we talk about our sins, Lord, our, our sins, our flaws, our hang-ups, our hold-ups, our mistakes, our habits, our attitudes, our mindsets, all these things and so much more that according to your word, God, call us guilty. It's not holy. It is not approved by you. So, Lord, we recognize that at just the right time, the right person, the perfect person, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, the very name, God with us, gave of himself so that we might be forgiven and truly live. Just the right time just the right person. Lord, may our act of participating in communion today be an an outward expression of our belief in this or maybe even our desire to believe this. turn your eyes to the the bread and the cup. I'll ask those serving if you'll present that. This loaf represents the body of Jesus Christ broken for you. And this cup represents his crimson blood poured out for you and for me for the forgiveness of our sins. We practice an open table of communion here. It's not just for ministry partners or anything like that. If you desire to be in relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you are welcome to come. And when you come, you come with with hands open. We don't come to take, right? A son was given. We come to receive what has been given to us. And then after you've received that bread that's been placed in your hands, you can then dip it in the cup. And I say this often, but think of it again. Look at that white bread and watch it turn red. And consider how Jesus took on your sin so that you might have life. This is the beauty of of Advent right here. This is it. We're, we're in this. We're, this is incarnation happening right here. This is understanding what he has done. This is understanding the law has been fulfilled. This is understanding new life. This is understanding promise. This is understanding redemption right here. Jesus, thank you for your life. 
from beginning to how it is now in the presence of our Father. We pray all this in the mighty name of Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.